Hi, this is Matt Flores, Lobo Men's Basketball Strength and Conditioning Coach, and you're listening to Episode 70 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammar with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is the Talking Grammar Podcast. We're on Episode 70 now. As you saw in the intro there, uh, today's guest is the strength and conditioning coach for the UNM Lobo men's basketball team, Matt Flores, uh, a good guy that I think you're going to enjoy the conversation with. He is in charge of, obviously, by title, you know, getting the, the team strong, getting them in shape, uh, but a lot more to it than that with uh, different body types and, and very specific body types. He, he tells uh, some some interesting stories about some players that sometimes need to shed some pounds and some players that need to put on some weight and uh, and how they go about that. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Matt Flores. Hope you're enjoying all these conversations on the Albuquerque Journal Podcast Network. Not only this show, but the Midweek Blitz uh, high school football show that we got going as well. Give us your feedback, though. We need your feedback. You guys are a part of this show as much as anything. So you can get me on Twitter, on X, at any time you need to, at Jeff Grammer. You can email me, ggrammer at abqjournal.com. And uh, let me know what you think. Got ideas for future show, future show guests, future show ideas. Let me know what you think and uh, just give me some feedback. We appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation with Matt Flores, the strength and conditioning coach of the UNM Lobo men's basketball team. What's going on, Matt? We're uh, episode 70 of the Talking Grammar podcast here. Glad you're joining us. Um, Happy to well, be here. Welcome to the show, man. This is uh, this is, uh, this is is our new digs here. I know you... Uh, I you like it. You haven't been to the journal before, have no, you? No, I haven't. Yeah, first time, first podcast. Just, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I really nope. am honored. No pressure, but oh. every podcast so far has been really, really good. <laughs> um, yeah. I was. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, and I, I did tell you that... Uh, like two of the the two players we've had on so far, Jamal Baker Jr. and Jamal Mashburn Jr. are, are probably the best two interviews on oh, the yeah. team. Oh yeah, um, they all have really good stories to tell. You, you guys all have good stories to tell. Um, as far as getting in front of a microphone, though, it's a little different for these kids. Absolutely, yeah. I can you can just feel the lights and everything, you know. It, but it's just yeah, it's exciting though. You you so you get to know these guys, and and we're gonna go. I got a little script here that we're gonna go through a little bit, but. Uh, um, you get to know these guys pretty well. I'm I'm curious when you see someone like um, w- one guy I've mentioned to a lot of people. I've mentioned to you uh, thousands and tens of thousands of Lobo fans come and watch a Lobo basketball game, and they see Jalen House doing more talking on the court than anybody. Um, do you are you surprised sometimes when you see a guy like that who maybe in the locker room or around his friends or on the court is one way, but then you put a microphone in front of him? Jalen House is so respectful and so quiet and yeah. so subdued. He is one of the. He, he's not a great interview because he doesn't say a whole lot because yeah. he's, he's trying to be cautious. He's, he's not trying to say the wrong things off the court because sometimes he realizes he might say the wrong things on the court. Right? Are you surprised sometimes when you get to know these guys personality wise and and how different they are when these microphones come in front of them? Oh, 100 percent. I think House, you know, just like you said, he's a great kid. I mean, literally, I love that kid. And, uh, you know, I think just basketball is his comfort. You yeah. know, that I mean, he just anything around basketball, just being with the guys, being on the court like that's where he's his most vocal. And but I think, you're right, it's a comfort thing. Yeah, it is an absolute comfort thing. I mean, that's his zone, you know, and I think that, you know, you get him kind of outside that element, like when you're just, you know, sitting in my office or sitting in the weight room talking to him, you know, he's just kind of, you know, he's a calm, demeanored kid. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, he's like you said, he's an unbelievably respectful kid. And, you know, talking to my wife and stuff, he's just, you know, uh, really calm and, you know, very monotone but then all of a sudden like i said you know that ball goes up the shorts goes on you know the laces get laced he's loud he's just it's just so funny to see a guy find so much comfort to the point where he um 
I guess acts the way he does. Uh, no, no judgment on how he acts, but how he acts, yeah. his comfort zone is so different than off the court, and and I just don't think a lot of people would realize that. It, the the uh, the opposite's true too. There there have been some Lobo players through the years that I've covered that uh, that have been a great interview and talked a great game. Oh, yeah. They can't see the court sometimes because like that isn't their comfort zone. Yeah. You get ten thousand people watching them, and it's it's hard, man. That's some pressure on them. It's definitely tough. It's definitely tough, but. No disrespect. I'd love to have House that way, you know, because he's a he's a hell of a player. So I just, you know, I'd rather have him kind of, you know, in front of these microphones. He can be that way. But as long as he's on the court directing traffic, you're not winning any games on this yeah, podcast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- this is high level stuff, but it's not an actual <laughs> exactly. game. Exactly. You know? um, so uh, as people watching, as people listening, uh, know by now, this is Matt Flores, the strength and conditioning coach for for Lobo Men's Basketball. Um, I, I do want to go over a little bit of your background. I want to go over, as obvious as it sounds, uh, with the title strength and conditioning coach. I know that's not the official title. Title. There's a, a different title, but that's strength and conditioning for all us normal people that uh, that know what you do. People just think, okay, you're supposed to get them, get them big and strong. You're yeah. supposed to get them so they can run up and down the court a whole bunch. Right. But there's a whole lot more, uh, I guess, specificity uh, for every player that you have to deal with. So I want to get into some of that, but I want to start with your with your background, man. First of all, you're yeah. uh, going into year three, just like uh, Coach Patino. You're going into year three here Absolutely. in Albuquerque. How do you and your family, and, and what is the family uh, situation? How how's uh, how's Albuquerque treating you guys? Oh. Family loves Albuquerque. It's uh, me and my wife, Kristen, and then we have a two-year-old daughter, Eliana, and then one one coming in December, really? little baby boy. Yeah, absolutely. breaking news right I here. I know, right? Yeah, the, the scoop. You know, not <laughs> as good as, you know, Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey, but, you know, I'm giving you guys a scoop. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, just baby boy, does, you know, due in December, and, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to that, but yeah, the family loves New Mexico just as a whole. Cause did, we, did you already work out with Coach Patino that that's an in-season uh, <laughs> delivery coming? Uh yeah, he he keeps roasting me because uh, my daughter was born in November, and you know he's like, "Well, you don't plan these things very well." You know, <laughs> I, I was laughing. I was like, yeah, "Coach, you know, I just yeah, I'm sorry about that." You know, but uh, yeah, the family really is excited about New Mexico. You know, I mean, just the not just Albuquerque, but just being embraced just by the entire state, you know, is, is very exciting. I mean, definitely not, you know, in Las Cruces, so, you know, very <laughs> yeah, not much, but yeah, no, no, nah, nah, but I mean, just everywhere else has been really exciting and, you know, we want to see this thing through, you know, to, to get this program back going again. And, and I know that my family's on board with that and my daughter loves being around, you know, the players and the games and, you know, even though she's only two, she's, yeah got her Lobo gear on, and she's excited, and then my son will follow the same. At two, and and now with another one coming, it's probably hard for the wife to get the games, but is she able to get to some games? Oh, no, absolutely, okay. yeah. Um, I mean, last season she was able to, when obviously we could, yeah. when she could, but, I mean, she's, she's into it too because, you know, I mean, that's kind of how we met a little bit. You know, she was a strength and conditioning intern for – men's and women's basketball at Arizona State and I was a strength conditioning intern for football and we were kind of interacting and so it just kind of grew from there so yeah it's uh, where are you from I'm from Minneapolis okay you're from Minneapolis Minneapolis, Minnesota where's she from she's from Phoenix well specifically Tempe Tempe okay so yeah so she's a homegrown ASU girl so yeah um, so she's not too far from home then. She gets to go home and probably see family a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not as much as we would like, but right. yeah, no, it's still, you know, the six hour drive can be a little difficult. You know, you got I a toddler it. and everything. Oh, yeah. No, but was, you got the toddler in the back, you know, it's a little difficult, but yeah, we're able to, to see family on a drive yeah. instead of a flight. And it's, uh, you know, they're funny enough. They're coming out 
uh, it's easy for them to get back yeah, and forth yeah. too. So they're coming out this next weekend. So it'll be cool. exciting. Yeah, well, they, they'll be able to. Hopefully, somebody will be able to see one of the exhibition games. Then maybe, or I, I guess that's Thursday and Monday or Tuesday. So maybe something like that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they're able to see. see you it. um obviously grew up. Uh, you you did play basketball when you first got hired here. About five months after you got here. Um, yeah. I know I interviewed you then and kind of told. In just written form in the paper, uh, told some people about you a little bit, and uh, you grew up playing hoops, right? I did, absolutely, yeah, and, all through high school, yeah. And while you are a strength and conditioning coach now, that there was one quote from that article that uh, I'm going to read right now, and this was in October of 2021, and uh, you said, I was afraid to be vulnerable in the weight room and get under the bar and do those things that get you better. I, I'm curious if if you even remember saying that, but, um, what, no, what, do, is, yeah. Yeah, what does that mean? I mean, vulnerable in the weight room. What does that, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, no, it takes, uh, it takes a little bit of maturity to be really great at getting yourself better because the, it's a discipline to get out of bed every day and, you know, not only give it your all at practice, but give it your all in the weight room, give it your all in the training room. And at that time I didn't have that, you know, I just didn't have the maturity to, to, expose myself like that you know I was always looking around at you know who was judging me or things like that you know and so um you know if I wasn't good at you know squatting the bar like I just didn't do it you know I tried to you know pretend that I was doing it but I wasn't doing the exact things that were going to get me on the field or on the court or whatever um as best it could and so you know I definitely live with a little bit of regret but I mean it led me to this path that you know, I'm helping out these guys in this generation and hopefully I can continue to do that for a long time because um, once I did see the light, like I was like, you know, I, there's no turning back. Well, I, I, you're not alone in that. I, I imagine a whole lot of the adult or post high school and college age um, men and women both uh, look back at their high school sports days. Right. And, right. and or, or if they're lucky enough to play those college days, which is why yeah. it's so special for the ones doing it that they could have just probably given a little bit more in the practices or in the weight room or whatever. And uh, I, I imagine that's something, that's a thought and a feeling felt by 80, 90% of people who have played sports. Not a whole lot of them feel, I Absolutely. really did leave it all on the field or, or in the gym or in the weight room. It's funny, though, because, you know, you think back to that and to those younger days and you're like, you obviously lack just a little bit of experience or a lot of experience, yeah. to be honest with you. And you have that live forever mentality. Like, oh, I can just, you know, I'll pick it up tomorrow. I'll get that tomorrow. And you don't realize that the sand is running out of the hourglass. And so that's just kind of, uh, you know, the reality that you don't really see. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're kind of standing there looking around like, wait a minute. Like now it's over, you yep. know, because it flies by, you know, they got all these gray hairs now. So it's, um, there but were it, COVID years for us back then. Oh, we didn't yeah, get that no, one no, yeah. Year. <laughs> Definitely no COVID years. Absolutely not. You, uh, from from your high school playing days, how good of a basketball player were you, first of all? Ooh, I would give myself a C at best. C plus. Could, I'll get C plus on some days. C plus on some days. Could you have ever played at any Division three level of basketball? Division two. Division three for sure. Definitely not Division two or definitely not Division one. Yeah. Probably Division three. Um, but once again, it's applying myself, you know, it's really, um, I went to practice and, you know, I just did practice, but yeah. did I get, you know, did I get extra shots up? No, not really. You know, I was, you know, worried about hanging out with my friends, sure. chasing girls, whatever. And so it was, you know, to be at those levels of high 
competition and success like you it's going to take a lot and i just didn't i didn't do it you joined at in 2001 um if i have the year written down correctly here you joined the marines absolutely one of the if i remember correctly you kind of said a, a couple of the big pivot points of your life or big points of your life that that got you to where you are professionally anyway right one of them was joining the marines absolutely why is that they literally opened my eyes to to what we were just talking about a few minutes, you know, just a minute ago, because it was that those five years was kind of a tug, of, you know, I mean, obviously, you got no choice. Right. You're in shape. You know what I mean? And but it opened my eyes to that extra work that you need to put in. And, and I pay off from it. it I yeah, absolutely. Like all of a sudden, you know, starting to lift weights, you know, keeping yourself physically fit. And all of a sudden there is like, man, like I wasn't actually able to really dunk a basketball, like fully like dunk a ball until yeah. I got into the Marines. And I was actually able to start applying some of these physical traits that I was developing. Right. And so, um, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, wow. Like, this is, you know, I'm not even training specifically for basketball. I'm just keeping myself in great shape and, you know, working out with my unit and doing the whole things. And so I'm like, man, like, this is, this is amazing. And so, like, as it kind of just fed and fed and yeah. fed and fed and it rolled from there. And then, you know, some uh, seeds were being planted. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow, like, how did this happen? And it just kind of dawned on me, like, what I was doing differently. And that's why all of a sudden I was like, wow, I really need to dive into this further. So after the Marines, you decided then to, to sort of make a, make a go of, of fitness and, and well, absolutely. What did you do? What's uh, we'll, we'll kind of rapid fire through your career path that got you here. But like you, you worked at ASU, you had mentioned earlier, right. you, you did some personal training. What did, uh, uh, did it start at ASU? Was that your first? The start, it started at ASU. Yeah. I had helped out, um, you know, with the local MMA gym, I had helped out with athletes um, before, you know, uh, kind of on my own thing, trying mm -hmm. to work my way around being a personal trainer at like an anytime fitness or ballets sure. and those kinds of things. And um, I knew once I had got my foot in the door, that athletes were the way I wanted to go specifically, not, you know, general population and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, Arizona State uh, was really where I kind of like was like, nope college is where I want to be and I'm really excited who's the strength coach there I, I think you, if I remember correctly he told you to to sort of just sit back and watch for a couple days yeah so I was hired by uh, Josh Storms you know, the head strength and conditioning coach of Florida State football and uh, he you know absolutely did that like he was you know hey when you walk in this door the first week like I I want you to just watch what we do like, don't think you have all the answers because you don't. And it was a really humbling experience, but it was amazing because, you know, my kind of coaching style beforehand, like all I had was the Marines. Like right. all I had was that tempo. Drill and, instructor, drill yeah, sergeant. Kind style. of, yeah. Like it's a lot more intense and a lot more in your face kind of situation. And so um, that is kind of what I brought to training and and that i didn't you know and seeing it in a different light you know was was really eye-opening and you also um 
from that experience, obviously you did some other football. Portland State, is that right? Or Portland State, yeah. You did football with them. You you you've and still work with other teams. It's not just um, basketball right now, but you've done football, no, women's golf right now. Uh, uh, women's golf actually moved on. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they they you used to work with women's, uh, women's golf. Women's golf, absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to them. I, I love working with them. Yeah. So uh, you worked with. Uh, tell me about the Shanghai experience. Oh man, yeah that that really I can't. <laughs> language barriers and culture barriers yeah. and trying to motivate those guys and 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 really get the best out of them was was uh was the most amazing experience these are olympic ever. athletes right olympic athletes yeah i mean these guys i mean we worked with a, a a gentleman who had won the gold medal in the 100 meter hurdles in athens in 04 and you know he was making a comeback and stuff like that so it was how did that come about like is it, they hired you guys from asu or? yeah no actually i was at the university of minnesota at the time okay. working uh under coach steve feldy and cal deets uh up there and um all of a sudden um one day he a cal walked out of his office and said that he had tim grover on the line and the legend you know and i'm like yeah whatever but yeah he was like hey he's looking to start up a thing in in shanghai and you know would i be interested and of course you know you know you don't ever you know i love basketball i was working with basketball yeah. and so you hear the name tim grover i'm like nah yeah i'm yeah. going to that so yeah he worked for tim for a little bit over a year and uh yeah i couldn't couldn't be happier with the experience. So you work with football through the years. You've done some personal training through the years. You work Absolutely. with Olympic hopefuls in in China, um, including the the 2014 Chinese national volleyball team, specifically with them quite a right, bit, right? Yeah, junior national. Yeah, junior yeah, national. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it kind of all brings you to a little more specific as to why you're here now in right. 2000. 18-19 season, you were a, a graduate assistant strength coach at the University of Minnesota, and the coach there was obviously Richard Pitino. Richard Pitino, absolutely. What, what was it like uh, working with uh, Richard Pitino at Minnesota? Oh, well, that's why I'm here, obviously. You just said it, because it was just an exciting atmosphere at the time. You know, we – the buzz around that team when I first got there um, was exciting, and, it, and just – interacting with him on a daily basis and you know he he was actually you know you can probably call him out on this you know he was he was a gym rat you know yeah. he is a gym rat so he was in there every day coach p you know he was in there every day on the elliptical and watching film and getting his workout in and so obviously if he wouldn't have been that way such a diligent you probably wouldn't have got to know him exercise yeah, i wouldn't have absolutely not and so you know that you know, his lifestyle choices created this opportunity for yeah. him. <laughs> he, um, so he actually did film work and stuff on the elliptical. Yeah, though? no, he was there literally every day like clockwork getting his workout in. But he had the iPad with him and yeah. he was, you know, watching a recruit or he was watching game film or whatever, you know, he needed to he needed to do. So he was he was locked in. So a couple year hiatus, I guess, between the Patino years for you, but um, at Utah Valley, absolutely. which you enjoyed that experience as oh, well, right? Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, shed a tear for that one, missed those guys a little bit. But, yeah, yeah they were, um, you know, Coach Mark Madsen, and, you know, they, they really gave me an opportunity over there to, to hone this skill and be here today. And so, you know, very grateful for them. So we fast forward. Now you are the UNM Lobo men's basketball strength and conditioning coach. Um, and you've been here since 2021. This is your third season uh, going into it. I, I'm curious if, if you had to give a, a real simple kind of Cliff Notes version uh, answer as to what your job is to somebody who has no idea what a strength coach for a basketball right. team does. What is your job with the Lobo basketball team? Uh, 
my job is to put the best product on the court as I possibly can physically. And um, I know the, everybody here is strength and conditioning and the people I get into conversations with out on the street is just basically, you know, I'm the personal trainer for all of the players, you know, as a collective and mm -hmm. that, you know what, and if that's the way you want to think of it, that's okay too, you mm -hmm. know, cause that just kind of simplifies the situation and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I don't need to go down a rabbit hole of anything crazy, but you know, we are looking for the best product, obviously on the court physically, whether it's strength, whether it's speed, whether it's, you know, vertical jump, those kinds of things. And that's what we are trying to maximize every single day in the weight room and, and really put the best, most resilient product out there to, to win games, you know, for Lobo Nation. And it's different for every player. I know in, in some respects, um, in general, let's start on the reverse of that, though. In general, Richard Pertino has a vision for what he wants on the court, which means right. in general you're trying to get the, the team as a whole um, to do what? To to be as big, as strong as they can, to help with rebounding, to be right. as light and quick as they can, to run a lot? What, what would you say is Richard Pertino's vision that you have to try and mold them into being? Right. Well, his offense, I mean, just how their the game plan goes – um, you know, for how he wants, you know, he's at the tempo, you know, he wants to, you know, if a team unfortunately scores, you know, we're getting up and down that court, you know, running into the play that they got, you know, coach doesn't like to walk up, you know, you know, yeah. hey, check with me, walk up the court, let's get into a set and run it, you know, kind of some old school Dean Smith kind of stuff. Right. But, um, you know, he, he's definitely more an up-tempo guy. So we've got to make sure that we get our speed down. We've got to have our repeated sprint ability, you know, and so we want to make sure that, you know, we are keeping these guys in best condition, but then obviously, you know, you have to kind of balance with that with a little strength endurance, strength and power endurance right. in there. And really the thing is you can't generalize a team like that because obviously we're all cut differently. So, you know, I mean, we, Brima sex, the example that comes to mind for me, right? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, Jeff. You Brima sex. Of course. Yes. No, I mean, you guys tried. We did. I don't know. 100%. Yeah. We, and he tried. I mean, we he, did, wasn't, he wasn't trying. We did some wild things to try to get him he, to gain weight. And Brima sex, just so those that, that don't know what, what we're kind of talking about here, six foot 10, six 11. Six I 11. Mean, yeah. He is a, he is a tall, um, athletic basketball player, and uh, he could not hit 200 pounds. I don't know. Did he end up getting to 200? No, he did not get it. Ended up getting to 200. I mean, he, no. he is a near seven footer who who arrived here at like 185 or yeah. something like that, and, yeah, and he, just couldn't get over 195. Yeah, he could not. Yeah, he hovered. You know, he pivoted in that 195 circumference, and it was just. Oh. Did, did he never really hit 200? No, he did hit 200, okay. but he couldn't keep it on. Maintaining it was really bad. So we we went through some wild things to get him to gain i mean we didn't even there was no health in his diet yeah. it was just i mean if you've got to have a dozen donuts for breakfast i don't care and yeah. we actually it was funny we gave um we gave him every day we would go to mcdonald's and get him a bag of cheeseburgers <laughs> and he literally would walk around with mcdonald's cheeseburgers in his bag and every hour on the hour he had to have a cheeseburger and it actually is the thing that got him to up to 200 but then literally this is not a joke he, he he missed a one week and it was like monday through friday he did the cheeseburger thing 
And our athletic trainer, Ben Fells, he was making him breakfast with like six, seven eggs. I mean, he, his calorie intake was phenomenal. And then one weekend and then one day of missing it, he went from like 199, 200 to back down to like 192. It was the most absurd thing I've ever seen. He, uh, the, one of the nicest players you're ever going to come that. across. Love that kid. Um, such a good attitude. And he tried and, and rest in peace, Jethro, um, yeah. his, they were, uh, his first semester here before Jethro had transferred, um, I remember Jethro making a joke at like a, a basketball media day <laughs> that like he would cook. Like uh, he was yeah, the no, cook he of, was. of their group of friends. Um, I, I can't remember if they were roommates or not. I think they were that first semester. I can't but remember anyway, back then, yeah. But Jethro would cook a lot. And and I had mentioned to him something about Barima trying to put on some weight. I'm like, well, if you're the cook, like why can't he put on any weight? He's like, man, I'm putting protein powder in his pancakes every morning or or his oatmeal that's what it was yeah. oatmeal so he ate a lot of oatmeal he's like i'm sneaking protein powder into his oatmeal every morning and he's not putting on any weight yeah so like the teammates knew about it too it and we're trying crazy. to help him crazy <laughs> yeah even mash like yeah. mash was like yeah like he would give mash would give barima his extra meals that we get from like signing yeah. sheets and those kinds of things and it was like, I don't know much else unless he moves in and I hire a personal chef uh, that just serves him nothing but barbecue five times a day. Like, Well, the flip side of that is you got a whole lot of guys, too, that like got to stay off that barbecue problem, uh, too, right? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I don't have too many, but yeah, we have a couple. We have a couple. Uh, and so this is this is the intricacies of uh, of your job. It's not just hey everybody you know at six a.m. we do this at seven a.m. we do this. You have a file on every player, I imagine. Well, absolutely, yeah. So we have guys, um, and it's funny we were talking about Jamal Baker. Like he was a guy who um, definitely because of his rehab and those kinds of things back in in California. You know he he came in a little heavier than what we would like him to play at. And, you know, obviously we addressed that issue and, you know, JB is such a great guy that, you know, I mean, he was able to, to work with, you know, nutritionists and we got him down and now he's, you know, hovering around 200 pounds down 198, 199, mm. 200 in there. And so, you know, that's, that's definitely something that you got to take a look at through each individual person, whether they're, you know, under or over. And that's another thing we talked to coach P about and the staff, like what, you know, what do you see from this offense, this defense that you, you know, need out of, of these specific players. Right. And, and obviously we get feedback on, you know, a weekly basis on, you know, Hey, this guy, Hey, we want to run this, but he's not strong enough to get into that. Hey, what can, how can we flip this? How can we start turning it around? And then we so kind of adjust the program. Either verbally or, or written reports pretty regularly to Patino in the, and the coaching staff. So they know kind oh, of where these guys are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're giving me feedback just the same, you know, and so and so may as simple as maybe look slower today or something. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's the dialogue that you want to have with the strength coach because I got to know what they're seeing out of their offense and their defense so that I'm able to start kind of flipping that. You know, if, if they want to run a specific play to match up with a certain team. Or, you know, certain thing this season that they think is going to be successful with our personnel. Like, if we've got a guy who, you know, can't run that for whatever physical reason, then that's my job to address it and, and, and make it make it so. Quick segue here. I did pull up Fairfield's uh, basketball roster. That's uh -oh. where Bremasek transferred. Uh -oh. He is listed for Fairfield yes. at six foot 11, 200 pounds. There it is. There it is. Hey, now, whether he is I 200 hope, pounds. I hope that he is. Right. I truly hope that he is. I really pray for that kid because, you know, it's it's a struggle for sure. Um, Patino tells me he has no idea if you're a good strength and conditioning coach. He isn't enough I to know. judge it on. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what, Coach P, you know what? Uh, no, but I'm going to tell you, he would know if I was a bad one. 
He would know if you're a bad one. He would know if I was a bad one. And I'm going to tell you that right now. I can't, you know, grading myself as a strength conditioning coach is tough, but I, I can tell you that I, he would, he, the whole Lobo nation would know if I was a terrible strength coach. So he's also, um, I don't know if you know this yet about him, a no. little bit sarcastic. No, just a little. Really? Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah. Jeff Goodman, <laughs> uh, for field of 68, working with the messenger. Now he's worked with, uh, CBS sports and ESPN and all that. Yeah. Um, through the years, he was at Mountain West Media Days a couple weeks ago, and and referred to uh, to Richard Patino as the most sarcastic coach in all of <laughs> college basketball. <laughs> and he said it's probably not even close. And college basketball coaches like to think they're funny. Oh, of course, um, of course. And, and he to he give does him too. The crown by he, a lot. Yeah, he does yeah. too. I I will give you that though. But it's that kind of humor that really like I I love it because I yeah. mean I grew up with parents that are no nonsense people, and you know they're going to shoot you straight between the eyes with whatever information they got. They they're not passive, and you know obviously you know I kind of dialed that up a little bit by joining the Marines. Sure. You know so, and I'm married into it now. You know yeah. my wife's a no nonsense, so it only makes sense that Coach P, you know, is the way he is. So and I just love it. So you know he's 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 just a guy who's going to come down, you know, cock an eyebrow and tell you the way it is. Yeah. So you know it, doesn't hold back very much. <laughs> No, he doesn't. No, even no, with like local media, for some reason, he's comfortable enough to tell me and call me on some of my stuff. Sometimes. Of course, yeah. What you need, that Jeff? I, I, you I you need that. Come on now. Come on now. I don't, don't, know, on I don't now. think I do. Um, <laughs> the uh, the next thing I want to ask you about you uh, some kind of specific examples. Um, you guys lost through transfer, which which teams do regularly uh, yeah, now. Yeah. Um, one of your your good workout warriors, a couple of them really, uh, a few of them. I'll say I'll. I'll mention KJ Jenkins w- was good in the gym. KJ is awesome. Um, Javante Johnson is strong as Man. you know. I don't know if people realize how strong a player he was. Man. Guy named Morrissey Daisy that I think some Lobo fans will remember, even though he was only here one year, was was one of the strongest players I've yeah. come across. Um, even if it wasn't just straight pushing a, a um, pushing some weights off your chest kind of strength, he was he kind of he had the old man strength, you know, like he the just seemed like old, a, a strong guy. Old man strength. I mean, yeah. he was just naturally, and it was funny is like his form on a lot of things was needed to be polished up just a little bit. Like, yeah. not no disrespect to Wichita State, you know, they they have a great program out there. Um, I just think kind of that's the way with his height and his limb length and stuff like that. Morris was like that, but just the way he would the weight he would pick up and kind of like naturally just move around. You're like, Oh, this is going to be exciting. You know, like he was, he was a great guy. You know, he is a great guy. So here's the example then going off of that Morrissey Daisy uh, comment there that I want people to understand that you're doing throughout the course of the season. And every year you're learning something new. Absolutely. Um, I I don't think we can remember. We were talking earlier about this. So I don't know if we remembered which non-conference game it was, but there was some game you saw, Morrissey Daisy, who who I wouldn't say is the jump out of the gym kind of guy, but uh, he he apparently looked like it at least on game film to you once. No, yeah, early so, in the year. Yeah, no. So we had uh, a thing we called the Mo package, and it was we knew coming in that Mo was gonna just be that game changer for us down low right yeah. there, and so you know it was really just work so diligently with Morris and it's not that we didn't work with the other guys sure. specifically like that either but he worked just, specifically and with different players in different ways for sure absolutely but Mo Mo had this thing where he wanted to be around the rim without taking you know seven steps to kind of wind up like it was on a runway and before he could jump yeah. and he wanted to be able to bounce around the rim just off of two feet in a static position yeah. and he 
worked so hard to to be that and it was I can't remember which which game it was but you know we were watching film in the film room and he like I said very early on I mean it seemed like his eyebrows were at the rim yeah he grabbed the rebound took a pivot step and went up and it was amazing to see and we knew that all his hard work had had really paid off and he was feeling great so then the other side of things is uh, throughout the course of the year, uh, um, players do get worn down, players get injured. You yeah, have to work with the with the trainer with that kind of stuff too right. um, and, and tweak things as you go. But uh, I, I think, was it the Utah Valley game? It was the Utah Valley, yep. Um, the, the guys are getting a little worn down, and that's going to happen on every team by For the sure. end of the season a little bit. But there was one rebound he got, um, if I remember correctly, is a rebound, and then he went back up. Yep. And uh, what, what happened? Yeah, it kind of – Kind of got stuffed by the rim there. Yeah, the rim sent him back. Some local fans may remember that because <laughs> it, it looks so jarring because Mo hadn't done that all year. Mo hadn't done that all year. Yeah, no, I, I uh, kind of did some disservice to Mo a little bit, you know, kind of saved his legs without uh, jumping him enough, maybe yeah. a little bit. And that's During just, the season, you mean? During the season. So you know, towards you, the end, yeah. So you backed kinda, off more than you wish you had? More than I wish I had. Um, you know, just with him. Uh, some other guys were feeling good, but I think with him just staying, um, it was a workhorse though. No, yeah, he was. And just him, just the banging and just the soreness of him, um, towards the end of the conference tournament and just the season itself, you know, I just rested him a little bit more than maybe I should have. And, you know, once again, that's just a learning process for us, you know, going into year three, we know like what we're going to be looking at going into it. And, um, you know, we're, we've definitely dialed in a different way, but that's the natural tendency. You see some guys starting to wear out throughout the year. You want to back off, but there's some things and that's what you're saying. That's, that's what makes this a job, right? Right. Absolutely. You got to figure out like what to back off on, how much to back off, right? All that kind of stuff. All right, let's wrap up with this. Um, some specifics on this year's team. Uh, you, you guys do measurements at the beginning quite a bit. Like Absolutely. You guys do, I don't know, what, six-week kind of cycles of training programs? or Yeah, so we'll do a couple in the summer and then a couple in the fall. So it's okay. not quite six weeks, but it's, yeah, probably about 10, 10 oh, to 12. Okay, so you guys do some measurements. You guys do some training or some write down some numbers. I'm curious, looking at those numbers, who – let's start off with just improvement. It's all relative. A guard's uh-huh. not going to – bent or squat as much as as a big man maybe but like who would you say has made the biggest jump from springtime and over the summer to, to right now who, who are a couple of the guys that maybe have impressed you with their improvement uh the imp- and maybe it's just because they started so far behind i don't know right yeah jeff i'm not gonna lie to you i'm gonna i'm gonna work on my political answers here uh <laughs> pretty well i'm working on my second career in politics but um you know, once once again, we've had a we've had a great off season, okay. and I mean, I'm really excited about all the guys going in. I mean, we're I'm really excited about this season, even more so than last year. Uh, there's just a just a different feel, and I know Lobo fans are going to be really excited about that as well. But I mean, if there's just one guy who really jumped off the page just from a strength standpoint, and I know Coach P's, I'm going to hear about this for sure. <laughs> but it's it's Brayden Applehans. Really? No, 100. percent Yeah, I got two guys. I mean, Donovan Dent has really put... Donovan's uh, arms look bigger to me. Yeah, Donovan is surprisingly, you know, without having the most well-rounded nutrition, he has really done a very good job of putting himself in position to be faster, stronger. Well, I mentioned that at a practice I was at recently. His shoulders look bigger than they did last year to me. Yeah, he's put on about six pounds, seven pounds probably now uh, since... 
probably the beginning of the summer. All right. And um, his all of his numbers have gone up. His numbers have gone up in strength. His numbers have gone down in speed, which you want because that means you're just moving sure. it faster. And um, Braden. Once well, again, that's the one that surprised me because you he, look at Braden and he doesn't look like he's going to be. Doesn't look like it. He's yeah. not the guy that's going to win some gym, uh, uh, some weight room yeah, accolades from the strength coach, yeah, but no, he, he is. Yeah the, he is. yeah, the physique contest, yeah, I don't know about B.A., but, I mean, he's he has been so diligent because he knows where his abilities are, and yeah. he reminds me every day. Like, I'm, he, like, he tells me, like, I'm coming, in, I'm coming in here to get it. That's and I'm awesome. like, wow, like, you know, but if you look at his legs, like, you're like, wow, okay, you, you've got some development here. Right. And so, yeah, his lower body has been phenomenal. You know, we definitely, like I said, everybody's cut different, so we really want to make sure that his upper body's catching up. But, I mean, when he got here, his max dumbbell bench, because he can only lift dumbbells, um, for various reasons, like on a bench press or a row. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was, it was his max was only 35s. Yeah. So, cause they didn't really have a program for him in high school. So, um, to see him go from 35s up to 90s now in, re in repping them out, like it's been really exciting to see. We just got to, you know, maybe add a few more pounds to him here. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, so we'll, we'll get him, him on the cheeseburger. Yeah. Diet. I know. I, I've already started with the cheeseburgers <laughs> with him. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Well, look, I, I don't know how often you get in there and, and can, can you still put up some weight? Are you I, I can still put up weight, not as much as I would like to, you All know, right. the numbers quite aren't there at 40 as they were at, uh, you know, 27 through 30. But, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be a good strength coach if I wasn't setting the example. Sure. I don't think, you know, I just, I know the guys, you know, that they're, they're great kids. And so they, they test you a little bit yeah. like, oh, oh, you want me to do this? Like, let me see you do it, you know? And so I got to be able to. Every now and then you got to yeah, show them? Yeah, at least, you know, every now and then I got to be able to put up some, some decent numbers to, to keep up with them. So awesome, man. Uh, this is a team that I know you're excited about. Absolutely. Lobo fans are, are very excited about. Absolutely. So uh, hopefully, uh, Hopefully we see them on the court running and in shape and, uh, oh, you know, have, have some muscles to them. And sure. if they don't, every Lobo fan now knows who to come to you, and uh, you guys, send their booze to. <laughs> you guys see the face. I sit in the corner on the bench. You know, I'll, I'll take it. Too. I'll take it. I try. You know what? I, I love to win. You know, I, <laughs> I love this. I love this team. I love this experience. And so, yeah, it kind of comes out that way. Man, appreciate you for coming in. Uh, thank you for your time, man. No, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt Flores, the strength and conditioning coach for the UNM Lobo men's basketball team. Hope you're enjoying all these conversations that we're having on this podcast. Every Tuesday, they're coming out on abqjournal.com. You can get all the links to it there. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on YouTube where you can watch the show. And... Uh, Anywhere you get your podcast, you can download and you can listen to this show. Hope you're enjoying these. Hope you're enjoying the Midweek Blitz, the high school football show we have coming out every week with our preps guru, James Yotis. Uh, let me know what you think. Feedback is always appreciated. Ggrammar at abqjournal.com is my email. Or you can get me online at X or Twitter at Jeff Grammar is where, my, where you can get me there. And uh, as most of you probably know by now, I, I do respond pretty regularly on Twitter. I'm very active more than I should be. So um, let me know what you think there. Hope you're enjoying the coverage of not only these podcasts, but all our coverage on the online and in the pages of the Albuquerque Journal, abqjournal.com slash sports. And for now, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>